Hi, and welcome to Follow's weekly message podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message inspires you and helps you follow Jesus in your community for His glory. We hope you enjoy the message. Today's Bible reading comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. An old man turned 98. He won the lottery and died the next day. It's a black fly in your Chardonnay. It's a death row pardon, two minutes too late. And isn't it ironic, don't you think? Some of you may recognise that those are the lyrics of one of the great songs called Ironic, and you may be belting it out in your lounge room right now, but it's a song written by Alanis Morissette and released in February 1996. The song, of course, is about the irony of life. But in the main chorus of that song, it goes on to say, it's like rain on your wedding day. It's a free ride when you've already paid. It's the good advice that you just didn't take. And who would have thought? It figures. Today is week two of our Proverbs series, and the book of Proverbs is a book full of good advice. In fact, it's a collection of short sayings that's been accumulated insight from generations of people on how to best live your life for God. While Proverbs are not promises, they are probabilities and general truths to live by. And so God invites us in the book of Proverbs to learn from the wisdom of previous generations. And if we live out this godly wisdom in our daily lives, the positive probabilities are stacked in our favor. At the very start of Proverbs, it outlays the purpose for us. In chapter 1, verse 2, it says, These Proverbs of Solomon are for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. And in verse 7 of that same chapter, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or the beginning of wisdom, which is what Lockie talked about in the first week last week. A healthy respect and reverence for God is where true wisdom flows from. And so in the first nine chapters of Proverbs, we find 10 speeches from a father to a son. And in this portion of the book, we see the moral logic of Proverbs being taught. The foundation is kind of being laid. I want you to think about it for a moment. If you've been a son or a daughter, or perhaps you've had a son or a daughter, you'll know that any good parent wants to pass on wisdom that they have accumulated over the years so that their children will flourish. That's certainly the desire I have for our kids. And that's the picture here in the first nine chapters. And in a similar way, through Solomon and others, the book of Proverbs is wisdom from our Heavenly Father given to us so that we too may flourish in life and live in a way that pleases Him. Today's passage is not only the most well-known passage in this section, but it is without question the most well-known passage in the entirety of the book of Proverbs. And it's actually one of the most often quoted parts in all of Scripture. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. When we get to the end of our lives one day, we don't want to say what Alanis Morissette sung, that this is the good advice that we just didn't take. Instead, we want to get to the end of our lives and say this is the advice that became the bedrock and the foundation that we built our very lives upon. And if we can say that, the probability is that we will have lived a blessed life, full of purpose and God-given joy. But even if life didn't quite pan out that way, 
and it was instead full of pain and brokenness, we could still have great confidence and remain standing in the hope we have for eternity because of the trust that we've placed in the Lord. And so this passage is extremely popular, but it's popular for a reason. And the reason is that it's full of profound and life-changing truth. And so this morning, I want to break it down into three statements from these verses. And the first one, no doubt, is the most important one. It is to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. This is not only the most important statement in the book of Proverbs, it's actually the most important sentence in our entire lives because of whether we do this or not is what all eternity hinges on. And so I want to pause and I want to ask you directly the most important question anybody will ever ask you. The answer you give to this question will not only shape this life, but it will shape all eternity whether you spend eternity with the Lord or whether you spend eternity separated from Him. And so the question is this, have you, don't worry about anyone else, but have you put your trust in the Lord? Trust is pronounced in the Hebrew as botak, and it means to have confidence in or to be secure in. Now, if you grew up going to youth group, um, you probably did some version of a corny trust exercise. The most common one involved being blindfolded and then spun around and then falling backwards, trusting that the person behind you would catch you. Now, in order to trust in that scenario, there are two things you need to have faith in. Firstly, that the person assigned to catching you is a trustworthy person. Secondly, the second thing is that the trustworthy person standing behind you was strong enough and able to catch you. Now, if either of those wasn't true, well, the exercise was doomed to fail and everyone loses. I'll never forget doing this exercise in youth group in my teenage years. And several people were chosen on this particular day to be blindfolded. And the first couple of examples went exactly according to plan. The blindfolded volunteer was spun around. A suitable and trustworthy catcher assumed their position behind the person. And when the volunteer fell, the catcher was strong enough and trustworthy enough to catch the volunteer. But when the third volunteer stepped forward for their turn to learn this important lesson about trust, I don't think I was the only person in the room a little concerned about the allocated catcher. Now, no doubt, no doubt this person was strong enough to complete the task. That wasn't the issue. The issue was in the trustworthy part of the equation. And as our trusting volunteers started falling backwards, our worst fears were realized when the catcher stepped to the side and let them fall. And the cries of pain were preceded by the unforgettable sound of gasps from the entire youth group and the loud sound of the volunteer crashing down to the wooden floor. For that volunteer, it's hard to imagine them ever trusting anybody again. You see, anytime we're required to put our trust in someone else, we must know that they are both trustworthy and capable to do what we're trusting them to do. So Proverbs chapter 3 tells us that we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And so the big question to answer is, who is the Lord? Is he trustworthy and is he able? Well, for those who first received these instructions, they knew of the Lord as the God who had made a covenant of love with his people in the Old Testament. He was a God of miracles who had delivered them from slavery most powerfully in the Exodus account. He was a holy God who consistently proved himself faithful to his promises, even when his people were constantly unfaithful to him. 
This God was the creator of the universe. He was the sustainer of all things by his mighty hand. And he was the very same God who had made Solomon king and given him the wisdom that he was now putting down on paper. He was known as the powerful and ever-present God. Could he be trusted? Absolutely, yes. They'd seen that throughout their history. Was he able? Well, no doubt about it. That had been their experience. Well, for us this morning, as we read this passage, we're faced with those same questions, but with the benefit of an even greater revelation of who God is. Because that same God has now revealed himself in an even greater way in the person of Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. And not only is he a powerful and holy God we see revealed in the Old Testament, but we also see through Christ that he's the same God who humbled himself and became one of us. We see his compassion and kindness and his heart for those whose society had forgotten. In Jesus' life, we see unparalleled wisdom and truth in both his teaching and his example. We, we read in Scripture that he is the exact representation of God, Emmanuel, God with us. We now know from the Gospels that our God, who loves us so much, dwelled amongst us, and at the cross of Calvary, he took upon himself the sin of humanity, and he paid the price for it by shedding his innocent blood and taking the death penalty we all deserve to pay for our sin. And through the indwelling Holy Spirit, we have experienced his grace and goodness towards us in so many ways we couldn't even count them. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the good news of the gospel is all we have to do to experience relationship with this awesome, powerful, wise and loving God who created us is to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts as our Savior and our friend. Is he trustworthy? Absolutely. Is he capable? Yes, he is. Not only can he part a sea, but he's also made a way for the dead to rise and for each of us who are dead in our sin to come alive again as new creations in Christ. He has given us every reason to trust him with all of our heart. On September the 2nd this year, I had one of the most immense privileges of my life. I got to witness our eight-year-old son, Lenny, praying a prayer, asking Jesus to be his Lord and Savior. We've been talking about Jesus for a long time, and I do a devotion book with him most days. And he said to me one morning, Dad, I'm ready. I want to pray tonight and ask Jesus into my life. And so that night we chatted through it, and we sat down, and that's exactly what he did. Lenny was the last of our kids to make that decision. And it's such a wonderful moment because it's the moment we know that the kids we love so much and cherish are going to spend eternity with God and with us. And of all the moments in my life, these ones are the very greatest. So this morning, I want to ask you again that all-important question. Have you put your trust in the Lord? If you haven't, don't wait another moment because he is trustworthy and he is able to give you a hope and a future that will never fade. Don't stand before God one day with eternal regret and say it's the good advice that I just didn't take. Today, you can trust in the Lord with all of your heart because being a good person won't be enough. Being successful in business won't help. 
Doing good deeds won't ever earn it for you, and having a healthy reputation won't count before God. Only trusting in the Lord with all of your heart will suffice. This morning, if you're watching this online, you can press the button in the chat and there's someone waiting to pray for you. And we'd love to help you start this incredible journey with Christ. If you're watching this at another time, um, we'd love you to let us know that you are starting this journey with Him. You can send us an email at admin at follow.church and we'd really love to help you get started. And so the first bit of life-changing advice in this proverb is to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. The second bit of life-changing advice is to lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to Him. This is perhaps the hardest part. If you're already a believer here this morning, you will know that trusting the Lord with all of your heart is not a once-only decision. It's actually a daily decision in every area and every moment of our lives. And so we're told to lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways we are to submit to Him. Now, hands up this morning if that's your default position. Well, I don't see any hands, but I am looking into a camera. (laughs) But if you're anything like me, uh, if I need to make a decision or I'm not sure what to do, often my first port of call is to think through it logically without really involving God in the process. It's a little bit like a skydiver when they jump out of a plane. The first course of action, if you want to get through that experience alive, is to pull the cord and to activate the chute. And if we do that successfully, then the chute will come out and will safely descend down to the ground. But if the chute fails, well, then we go to plan B. What's plan B? It's the emergency chute. And so in a state of panic, we start pulling the emergency cord. But it's not our first go-to. And I think leaning on our own understanding is usually our first response in life. And it's only when things go wrong that we actually turn to the emergency chute of seeking God in prayer for greater understanding. But if that's what we do, I think we actually have it the wrong way around. It's like that old song, Lean On Me. It says, Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. And that's how we tend to approach God, isn't it? When we're not strong when there's some sort of crisis or we don't know what to do or we've sort of exhausted every other avenue and we've thought through everything we can think of, we kind of cry out to God. We pull the emergency cord and go, God, help us. But really, that should be our first port of call. In all of our ways, we are to submit to Him. You know, the word all is a very deliberate inclusion in this passage and it appears in two locations. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and in all all of your ways submit to Him. In many aspects, submitting our ways to God is kind of scary because it means that we're letting go of control. And at the core of it, all of us actually like to feel in control. I think most of us probably find it easier to submit to God in some areas of our lives than we do in others. Because I think we want to know that our life is all kind of planned out and mapped out And if we can see what the future holds, there's a sense of stability and security in knowing what we're doing and where we are heading. If there's money in the bank, if we have a secure job, if we're confident in the politicians that have been put in place, if we have loving relationships or we've planned out exactly when we're going to retire, then we tend to feel safe. And when you couple that with the core belief that deep down we actually believe that we know what's best, then it's hard to let go of that control and trust someone else, even God. Now, one of the things I love about Scripture is it gives us an unshakable and unchangeable hope because it makes it clear that God has good plans for His people. 
And we ultimately know what they look like as we read the account of Jesus' return in Revelation. And it's so great to have that guaranteed anchor point fixed in our future. But between now and then, we actually don't know what God's plan looks like from day to day. Psalm 37 verse 23 says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. And though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. It's so great, isn't it, to have confidence in the steps. But often we want actually more than the next step. We want to know the whole plan. We want it to be revealed so that we feel safe. And as we consider our life and the circumstances we're in, we often believe we can see everything we need to see and we know everything we need to know in order to make the right decisions. And so we start to lean on our own understanding. Well, I think 2020 has probably shaken those assumptions more than any other year in our lives. At the start of this year, most of us had plans and vision for the year to come. But my guess is that 0% of us had plans that included a global pandemic, where so many of those things that we had confidence in have been shaken. And I really think this year is a wake-up call and a real reminder that we can't always see what we're surrounded by. We can't always be sure of what's coming on the horizon. Reminds me of a war movie I once saw and there was a battle that was raging down in the valley and the commander and the troops on the ground believed that they were in control and that they were going to win this battle. But they also had cover up on the mountaintop and the watchman up above saw something very different. From where they were, they saw in the distance an army on their way that was three times the size of the army engaged in battle on the ground. Now, if those troops had have just leaned on their own understanding in that circumstance, they would have been doomed. But with help from above, they could take the next step that would ultimately lead them to safety and to victory. This is what Proverbs is reminding us of. Because the truth of life is that there are often things going on just around the corner that we can't possibly see and are definitely out of our control. But the great news is this, that none of it is a surprise to the God who created us and the God who sustains the universe. He knows the beginning from the end. He sees how the plan is coming together and his ways are higher than our ways. And we have access to him at all times. And so I wonder, what things in your life do you need to submit to him afresh this morning? What things have you been leaning on your own understanding in? Take a moment this morning to name them before God. Maybe it's the stresses in your family life. Maybe it is politics right now. You're worried about Victoria or even overseas. Maybe it's your finances, your friendships, your marriage, your singleness. Perhaps it's your health and you've got a health concern. Or maybe it's just the uncertainty that 2020 has thrown our way. Just pause for a moment today and give those things to God. Submit your ways to him and ask for his wisdom and guidance as you journey through those things because we all need help from above and we need to submit ourselves afresh today to an all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful and ever-present God. And when we do that, he tells us that he will make our paths straight and that's the third thing this morning. Notice it doesn't say submit your ways to God and he will make your life easy. You know, some strands of Christianity seem to hold the view that if I trust in Jesus, then life will be happy and easy all the time. 
my response to that kind of thinking is read the Bible, <laughs> because that's not how it was for the characters we read about in Scripture, including, of course, Jesus himself. There is no guarantee that life will be easy for us as Christians. But what we are told is that if we acknowledge him in all of our ways and we trust in him with all of our hearts, he will make our paths straight. Jesus himself said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. I'm sure most of us by now use GPS in our cars. I've got a confession to make this morning and that is this, that my sense of direction is absolutely awful. I have learned that if I'm going somewhere new or I'm returning from somewhere I've been for the first time, when I get to a T intersection or a turn, if I go the opposite way than what I'm naturally thinking, well, it's usually the right direction. And so the GPS is a lifesaver for me. But who knows that GPS doesn't always work the way you want it to. A few years ago, I was conducting a wedding in Whoop Whoop somewhere, and my GPS took me on the most scenic route you could ever imagine. Now, when you're conducting a wedding, there's a little bit of pressure, and so you want the fastest and most direct route to the destination. Well, that day, I think I explored every pothole dirt road in the whole state of Victoria. (laughs) My signal was cutting out, stones were flicking up, the potholes were going thump, thump as I drove through them, and that frustrating little voice kept saying, recalculating recalculating, recalculating, and it was a very stressful experience. In fact, it was a miracle that I finally made it. And when we lean on our own understanding, I think we have times in our lives that feel a little bit like that because our world is full of competing voices that call for our attention and our affection. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden were created with an inbuilt moral GPS that drew them to relationship with God. But the moment they disobeyed him and sin entered creation, that GPS became distorted and dysfunctional in not only their lives, but in all of ours as well. And so today we face temptations and doubts and we have, you know, all sorts of fears and decisions we need to make that can beckon us away from the narrow path on a regular basis. And in order to keep our paths straight, we need a new GPS, one without defect, one that won't cause us to be lost. Well, for us as Christians, that GPS, of course, is the Holy Spirit. The moment we give our lives to Christ, the Holy Spirit fills us and He is with us as our helper and our counsellor who points us to Jesus and constantly guides us into all truth. He is the voice who keeps us on the straight path. He convicts us and He's the voice that warns us to repent and stay on track. We often hear His voice saying, recalculating, recalculating as we are being sanctified to become more like Christ on the narrow path. But in order to hear his voice, it all flows from intimacy with God. If we're not intimate with God, we don't recognize his voice. That's why it's so important to be in his word on a regular basis, to dialogue in prayer where we both speak and listen. It's so important to find opportunity to be still, and to know that He is God. And in those moments, we start to hear and recognize His voice. Sometimes it's that still, quiet voice. But we only learn to recognize God's voice that keeps us on the narrow path if we invest the time to get to know Him, if we love Him with all of our hearts. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 is an incredible passage, one that, if applied, is life-changing. 
but it's also an invitation, an invitation to relationship with God. As we get to know Him and love Him, as we speak to Him and hear His voice, and as we submit our ways to a God who loves us unconditionally and has good plans for us, He will keep our path straight. So let me encourage you this morning. Be the antithesis of Alanis Morissette. And when you stand before God one day, you will be able to say that this is the advice that I just did take. And you will experience and be welcomed into eternal relationship with your Creator. I hope you've been encouraged this morning by this magnificent passage of Scripture. And as we finish the service today, I'm going to hand you over to Marie and Paul, and they're going to now lead us in a time of reflective prayer. God bless. Wow, thank you so much, Luke, for that message. Let's have a time of prayer. There's so much to think about about that message, and we Mm. just want to bring it before the Lord now. So let's close our eyes, lift up our hands if you want to, and just um, bring our hearts to God. Lord, we thank you so much that you are our God. We praise your name. We lift you up. We focus our eyes upon you, Lord. And God, with all our heart, We want to trust in you. We want to trust in you with everything that we are, with all that we are, with everything that we do, God, we want to trust in you. All our ways, we want to trust in you, Father. We thank you so much that you are a God who is worthy of being trusted. Mm. We thank you that you are our rock, our unshakable God, a firm foundation, Lord, that we can hold and find security in at this time. We thank you, Lord. We trust you with all our heart. And Lord, let us not lean on our understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you. Father, we choose not to look at our circumstances with our own eyes, but rather try to see them through your eyes, God, because you are the God who sees all. Mm. You are the God who is all-powerful. You are the God who is everywhere, Lord. And Father, we can trust in you. Lord, we thank you so much that everything that you do is for our good because you are a good God. Lord, in all our ways, everything that we do, our very breath, our personality, our character, Lord, everything that we do on the outside with our families and friends and work and our any situation that we find in God, we want to just actually trust you in those situations and not lean on our understanding. We're confident, Father, that even when our circumstances are hard and storms come and uh, cyclones come and (laughs) rocks come and all these traumatic situations come, that you can see and work through them all, Father. You do bring good out of every situation, Father. So we choose to rely on you and not what we see. We choose to let you control our life, Lord, not be um, so inward focus that we can only see our own circumstances because we know even from scripture and so many examples of great godly men and women throughout scripture and history that you are working behind the scenes to bring your will to pass so we thank you for that and lord you do make our straight our path straight lord it is you who guides us step by step And we are confident that even when things look shaky, that you are still bringing your plans and purposes into fruition, Lord. 
so we can rely and trust in you, Father. We thank you for this message today, God, and I just pray that as uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to each one of us, that you will reveal a little bit more about yourself through this passage, Father. Even as the week goes on, Lord, we pray that you'll just continue to speak to us about areas of this scripture, Lord, that we can actually apply deeper into our own lives. We thank you so much, Father, for anyone who's decided to come and set, give their life to you today, Father. Oh, we geez. are so grateful for all that you do, and we are just so excited for those that realize how wonderful you are. And so we just pray in your name, God, that you will do all that you have um, planned for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for tuning in to Follow Online. To stay updated, go to follow.church. As the people of God, let's stay connected and follow the words of Jesus to love one another.